On this Fan Mail Friday, we discuss Marcus Stroman and Shane Bieber, who fits the Halos better. And should the Halos even make a trade for one of those guys? Let's chat. It's time to get Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast, including Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, and you can find us on SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And if you're watching on YouTube, thanks for your subscription. If you haven't yet, please subscribe and click that bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB, and they're going to throw in a free customer custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order thanks for being here for this episode of lockdown angels where it's your team every day you've got the frisch brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john hey mike we are recapping the entire weekend series against the kansas city royals on monday so lockdown everydayers join us monday for a full weekend recap if you're looking for a recap of last night's game be sure you check out our socials that's where we're going to have our immediate thoughts after the game, of course, that that was played on Thursday. So you can find our thoughts there. They came from right after it went down. So you'll get our instant reactions there. So check out social media at Locked on Angels, at Super Halo Bros, or even here on YouTube if you're watching on the video side and you can get our reaction there. It's, it's Fan Mail Friday, Mike, and we have some great questions coming in. Uh, this is one that I've actually been wanting to address for a while. So we have a great voicemail here. Let's go. Hey, Mike and John. This is Matt from Redlands, California. Um, locked on every day. Big fan of the show. Uh, keep the work great. The great work, guys. Um, my question is in regards, again, to the pitching coach, which you guys brought up earlier this year or this week, Matt Wise. Um, I, I simply don't quite understand why he still has a job as the pitching coach of the Angels, as he was a replacement to Mickey Callaway back in the day. I think he is a big reason to confront all these issues that go at 0-2 with Anderson, Reed Detmers, having to send Chase Silseth down to get right at AAA. So my question is, at what point do we look towards a guy that was a big part of our pitching staff back in the day, i.e. a John Lackey or Jared Weaver, to take on that role to kind of push these guys really to compete a little bit harder and be those ferocious competitors that both those guys were when they stepped on the mound? That just seems to be lacking amongst this team. Thanks for taking my call, guys, and thanks for all the great work. Matt in Redlands, thank you for giving us a call on our voicemail line. Mike, your neighbor in Redlands, he's, hey, hey. he's out by you. <laughs> Mike, we got to talk about Matt Wise because, yes, he did get this job after Mickey Callaway was dismissed for his conduct. Yep. Uh, he was promoted to interim uh, pitching coach and then was given the actual pitching coach job. After that, the Angels seem to have a trend with that. Phil Nevin. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, hey, uh, who, who can do that? How about you? you? You do it. You're not doing you? anything? Come on. You can do it. Scoreboard guy? Uh, you want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, Mike. Uh, I, Matt didn't really say this, but I think it's important to point out. There's an idea sometimes with coaches, whether they're hitting coaches or pitching coaches, that they should have been successful in the league. I actually looked this up a few weeks ago, and I think I even brought it up on the show. There's really only two pitching coaches in the league who had success in the majors. And one of them was Andrew Bailey, mm -hmm. who's now with the Dodgers. He was with us. Not sure why he's not our pitching coach, but th then again, here we are with the, uh, uh, you do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Andrew Bailey obviously had career success, but it's not about that in this sense. I, I, it's more about how the coaches 
can coach the young pitchers, guide them, help them figure out their issues. And that's why you see guys who are like kind of career minor leaguers or maybe even guys out of college coaching systems who are very good at being major league pitching coaches because they've been there before. They know yeah. what works. They know how to instruct. They know how to coach, right? Uh, but here's the thing. I don't see anything uh, indicating Matt Wise is good for this team, especially when you consider last year, Detmers had to go to AAA, Suarez had to go to AAA. They had to get right with another coach uh, who wasn't Matt Wise. And, you know, Reed Detmers turned it around these last two games. Does Wise get credit for that? We don't know because the media doesn't have permission to speak yeah. to Marcus Timms or or Matt Wise. So it's, it's who knows? Who knows if he did anything to help Reed Detmers get right? You assume so. But also last year, Reed Detmers didn't get right with Matt Wise and had to go to AAA. So uh, that's how, those are my feelings on Matt Wise. I just think you know the problems with Reed Detmers. You know the problems with Patrick Sandoval. You know the problems with Tyler Anderson. Figure them out. Yeah. Figure it out and help them figure it out. Now, Mike, I do like what Matt had to say about like a lackey or a weaver type. What do you think about that? I mean, th those two names are awesome names. I, I think that they're great pitchers. Obviously, they performed really well. I think that we're going to run into the same problem if they ever get hired, if they let Matt Wise go and bring those guys in. I'm wondering how much we'll hear from them. And here's the reason why everybody says, man, Mark Gubaza should be the pitching coach of this team. Because we hear from Mark Gubaza in every single game, <laughs> right? And, and so we can't we're evaluate. Too. Yeah, too. yeah, we can't evaluate Matt Wise's job only on what we're seeing. We don't know if Reed Detmers is correcting some things. I did read an article yesterday that said that he was working on his grip in the dugout in between being out on the on the mound and in between starts good that's and, where you should get right right and 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 that's <laughs> that's cool that he's actually doing that but yeah, Reed, we just Reed's don't doing know it. we just don't yeah. know i i guess what i would say is to give the benefit of the doubt i think there's obviously something that the angels haven't uh seen with or maybe have seen with matt wise that they're okay with and something they haven't seen to get rid of him so there's obviously some in, internal workings that are working for them but we just don't know what those metrics are what those measurements are and so we see the struggles of two really great pitchers in Sandoval and in Detmers and we're like I, there's got to be somebody that can figure that out and if it's not Matt Wise then they should find the person to be able to do that if it is Jared Weaver if it is John Lackey man I'm I'm all about that those guys would be yelling at everybody and everybody's gonna be sitting up straight in that dugout <laughs> everybody be crying yeah hey, james russell barton on instagram <laughs> he said you think there's a better option in triple a than hergett he just isn't the player he was last season i feel like he's our weak link uh at this point i actually trust loot more than hergett lol yeah. <laughs> uh mike we got some news yesterday yep. before the game right yep. didn't we yeah, and so, uh, first of all, Zach Neto is hurt, and so we don't like that. Um, and Andrew Velasquez came up for him. But the the Angels the Angels called up Colton Ingram, and yeah. that was somebody that we actually suggested should replace Loop in the bullpen when, when mm -hmm. Loop was really, really struggling. And so uh, Colton's a, a big guy, a big minor league guy. He, I think he's a good option, Johnny. I know that there's other options in the minor leagues. You want to read through those names? Yeah, Kenny Rosenberg, AAA. Obviously, Kenny. he's 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 had a few starts in the majors. Jonathan Diaz is someone that you and I have been a fan of. Like him out of the bullpen. Yeah, Zach Weiss and Andrew Wance, who've been on the team this year, like right. they they could have easily come up instead of Herget. Uh, Eric Torres, who just got moved to AAA, he struggled some this season, but he was a great closer for the Trash Pandas last year. And then yeah. Kenny Yovan actually had a scoreless May. Mike, he struggled a little bit this month so far, but. He's been a good option, but here are Colton Ingram's numbers. Uh, 23 games, one and one, five holds, two saves, uh, 263 ERA, a 
177 batting average against and a mm. 1.32 whip uh, down in double A. So I'm excited to see Colton Ingram with the big league club. I think this is really great news, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think the reason why you don't see a guy like Andrew Wance or maybe even a Zach Wise is because they have gone with a lot of like high velocity guys and it seems to be working for this angel bullpen right now with yeah. Bachman and with Joyce. And of course, Carlos Estevez is already in there. And so I, I think that that's one of the reasons why they probably brought up Ingram over somebody like wants or, or, or Weiss. And so I, I, I like this move. I, I hope he actually can be a, a good impact player for us in the bullpen. Um, so I've, far. <laughs> I've never been a fan of, of Herget at least this year. Um, I, I love that we had conversations in the off season about if he was going to be the closer or not. And they were like, <laughs> I just don't think he's that guy. So thank goodness that he, they didn't put him there because he just hasn't had it this season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, the angels are going to play the Royals tonight at five ten Pacific time. Sandoval's on the mound. Let's see if he can get a big win against a team who just became the worst team in baseball after the A's went on a seven-game win streak. Wow. Royals lost seven in a row, I think. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. And coming up on Locked on Angels, hey, Trouty needs to pick it up this season, but does that mean he's not good when he needs to be? We're going to look at the numbers and decide here in just a minute. Lockdown Angels is brought to you by FanDuel. There's no better place to bet on all of the MLB action than America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. With FanDuel, everything is safe and secure. And when you make a bet and you win, you'll get paid instantly. So again, don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Hey, Locked On Everydayers, join us on Monday as we recap the entire Kansas City Royals series. Again, the Angels are playing them tonight at 510 Pacific Time. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast on SiriusXM with the SXM app. Just search Angels. Mike, we got another voicemail here. You want to get to that one? Here we go. Hey, guys. This is uh, Justice calling from Huntington Beach. Um, I know you guys are optimistic fans as well as myself, so hoping we keep on the same trajectory, we'll probably be buyers at the deadline. And, you know, if you asked Angel fans, you know, maybe two, three weeks ago, everybody would have said we should really, really target the bullpen. But now our bullpen is so much different than it was at that time, you know, with Estevez and Moore being locked down, how they've been, you know, Davinsky and Jacob Webb kind of having career bounce backs, young guys like Soriano and Bachman and Joyce, really good stuff ever since they've come up. So my question is, do you think we still will go after a bullpen piece at the deadline, or do you target other positions in need? Because, of course, you can never have too much bullpen, but you also don't want to give up too much to bolster an already really strong part of the team. Uh, love you guys. Hope to hear your thoughts on this, and uh, go hail. Justice from Huntington Beach, thank you for your voicemail. Mike, how do you feel about Justice Call? He, You know, he's it, the, the priorities have obviously shifted from right. March and April, right? We, we talked about that a little bit earlier this week where we were in a world of, man, we need a new bullpen. Well, we got that new bullpen. Yeah. Not through trades, but through moving pieces around. And I think that's a really great thing. 
Where do you think the Angels need to prioritize for the trade deadline? I think starting pitcher is got to be the thing that they're going to go after. We're going to talk about some names with the next question, but I think that that actually would be the first area that I would tackle if I'm mm-hmm. GMPM. Um, I also think that it would be important for us to go and get another bullpen piece. I know that earlier this season, you and I talked a lot about how let's not make a trade. Let's bring up the right guys from the system. How about this uh, system that isn't really ranked very high, and now yeah. all of a sudden a we have terrible all system. of our players are up playing with us, which is fantastic. It's all of those double-A Trash Panda players that won last year that are up with us. But I think the Angels need to, just to help this bullpen, go and get somebody that can actually be a maybe back of the bullpen type of guy. Maybe Mm -hmm. somebody who's been the back of the bullpen type of guy that you can move to the seventh inning. Maybe Mm -hmm. even move to the eighth inning because Matt Moore is going to come back and you have Chris Davinsky, who's been fantastic. And of course, Carlos Estevez as the closer. What about somebody like Scott Barlow, Johnny? I think we're going to see him this weekend with the Kansas City Royals, but I, I think that he might be somebody that is available for us and we wouldn't have to rely on him being the closer. And perhaps it would be a benefit for him to be on a winning team. And maybe he could be like Rysel Iglesias was for the Atlanta Braves last year. Didn't have to close, was in there in the seventh and eighth inning. Mm-hmm. So I think that Scott Barlow would be somebody that we could go and target. Of course, Aroldis Chapman's there as well. But if I'm going to go after somebody, I think maybe Barlow would be my first priority outside of getting another starting pitcher. What do you think? Yeah, I think Justice has a really good point in that you don't want to spend all your chips, your trade chips on, on, and on the bullpen when prioritizing a starting pitcher is probably the the most important thing. However, like you said, you could never have too many bullpen pieces. As we've seen, we've seen, you know, uh, Matt Moore get hurt, Ben Joyce get hurt. Yeah. Right. You need these guys. Uh, you need you need reinforcements. And and sometimes your your star pitchers become your reinforcements. Right. So that if if somebody you trade for gets hurt, then Sam Bachman is your reinforcement if he's not already part of that bullpen. Right. Yeah. Um. Mike, the Royals in town. I'm I'm interested to watch Carlos Hernandez. Now mm. he's probably going to make me bite my tongue if he gets into a game against the Angels and we're going to beat up on him. But man, he profiles so closely to Carlos Estevez, mm. and and I think if he's your seventh, eighth inning guy, uh, I think we could have a really good pitcher on our hands out of the bullpen. Hey, C. LeBrun on YouTube said, looks like Marcus Stroman from the Cubs might be available. Seven and four, two point two, uh, two point four two ERA. Do we trade Joe Adele and go for it? Shane Bieber from Cleveland might also be available. Mike, you had some thoughts about Stroman last week when we talked about it, or two weeks ago. But uh, you want to share those again? How do you feel about Stroman now? I feel like Stroman is a great baseball player, but there's also something about Stroman where he performs really well on really bad teams. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm nervous about him being on a really good team. Shane Bieber has proven to actually be somebody that can perform on a really good team. And if one of those guys are available, I think it'll probably be Stroman that's going to be made available first. I think the Indians, I'm sorry, the Guardians are still going to go after uh, the AL Central title. But Bieber's actually had a really good, good season this year, Johnny. I mean, he's five and three with a 3.29 ERA, uh, 87.2 innings pitched, a 1.2 whip, uh, 124 ERA plus, 24% better than league average. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think what we can be concerned about is like, what would he do on a on a competing team, and and does he have any kind of He's getting older, any any sort of those issues. Something that you and I both noticed is that his stat cast numbers are actually trending downward, and yeah. we think that that's been kind of the issue with the Texas Rangers that they right. actually are not 
they, they had these high expectations and they were even higher than that. And now they're actually coming back down to earth. And it seems to be the same with Shane Bieber. Here's the thing about Shane Bieber. He's 28 years old. Uh, the biggest concern for me is all of his underlying numbers are trending downward. First of all, the expected mm -hmm. batting average in 2021, he was in the 69th percentile. In 2022, he was in the 41st percentile in expected batting average. This year, the 14th percentile. Wow. Okay. So that's a huge drop. Uh, this year, he's outperforming his expected numbers, which means regression. It's setting in and it's yeah. inevitable. Uh, yeah. He's got the lowest strikeout of his strikeout rate of his career, a 251 batting average against, and the expected batting average against is 283. Hmm. Uh, currently, that 3.29 ERA looks great, but the expected is 4.65. And again, I understand it's great when a guy outperforms his expected numbers, but the reason why they are expected numbers is because all the analytics and data you can get from the movement of his pitches and where it goes and da, 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 things that are just beyond our comprehension tell us that, hey, if if he's getting the results that are expected of him, here's what those look like. And, yeah. and those those numbers make me nervous. Yeah, I, I think as you throw those numbers out, it, it, it shows me, at least this is my assumption, it shows me that maybe the defense behind him has actually been pretty strong and that they probably saved some runs. And with the Angels, they've led the league in unearned runs. And so I wonder if Shane Bieber in the starting rotation for the Halos would actually work against Shane and not for him because this defense, although better with Neto out there and better with some of the pieces that they have, they haven't been fantastic. And so, I again, I wonder if this might actually work against Bieber rather than for him. Down under sports cards on Instagram, he says, good day, guys. That was good. <laughs> he said, I have a trade request from all the way down in Australia. Uh, Zach Gallen has been tearing it up this year and beyond this year alone. Has a career ERA over just over three. Diamondbacks seem to be in a weird spot with a bunch of their young studs playing with older guys. How would you feel about this trade? Zach Gallen for Joe Adele. Landon Marceau, Denzer Guzman, Edgar Caro. Mm. Gallon's got two more full seasons of arbitration. Uh, and so that's the the move that down under sports cards on Instagram suggested. Mike, real quick, Diamondbacks are 41 and 27. They're first place right. in the National League West as of this recording. Right. Three games ahead of the Dodgers. Amazing. <laughs> Zach Gallon is their ace. Arizona traded Jazz Chisholm Jr. for Zach Gallon. And the earliest free agency, like down under sports card said is 2026. They're better than expected this year. And their young guys are stepping up. They got Corbin Carroll, obviously, who will probably be the National League Rookie of the Year. They've got a future with this team and even the prospects that are still yet to come. So I don't think that they deal Gallon. I, I would actually do this trade, but I don't think the Diamondbacks make this trade. Do you? I don't think so. I think because of where they're at right now in the standings and because of the years that they have uh, uh, without arbitration or he's, you know, he's not going to hit free agency for a while. I think they're going to keep him. Plus he's pitching just really well. Yeah. And I think that they want to be able to have kind of this young core. It'd be great to have him. It'd be great. And I think that we could give them some really great pieces. He, he, he mentions that Caro would go and we have mm -hmm. Logan Ohapi. And so who knows where Edgar Caro is going to fit in this organization with Ohapi there now. But um, I, I, I don't think that the Diamondbacks make this trade. I'm with you. I would love it. I don't think the Diamondbacks make this trade. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that you can do to to pry Zach Gallen from the Diamondbacks at this point, especially when they're uh, outperforming any expectations that 
people had for them in 2023. Lockdown Angels is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is a clothing company that's all about your comfort. Take the Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts, for example. They fit way better than regular shorts because they aren't made of stiff, restricting cotton. But instead, Bird Dog shorts are made of cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches. This way, you can get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink and sweat fabric that allows you to keep cool and dry all day long. So whether you're on the golf course, you're at a meeting, you're on a date, or you're hanging out with friends, Bird Dogs pants and shorts work for everybody everywhere. So check out birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. Get yourself a pair of pants and shorts. And when you do, use our promo code LockedOnMLB and Bird Dogs will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB and use our promo code LockedOnMLB. Once again, birddogs.com slash LockedOnMLB. Go there today. Getting into our last round of questions. Actually, got one more voicemail today. I think this is going to make for some interesting conversation. Here we go. Hello, Mike and John. My name is Andrew. I'm calling from Palm Desert. I listen every day. I really enjoy the uh, all the Angels news that you guys bring. Hey, you know what? I got to say, I was just laughing at uh, Mike Trout saying uh, he doesn't know why we're not winning against these teams. He needs to look no further than himself. I think he was one for 12. In that series, what's that? That in 83? And I did a little bit of a dive into like the last five years against the Astros. Trout's like a 220 hitter. You know, the truth is, is that he just doesn't hit well against good teams. He beats up Oakland, he beats up Seattle, but he sucks against the Astros and the teams we need to beat. I saw, you know, another thing I saw, 381 career home runs, three walk-off homers. Three! He's not a clutch guy. I love him. He's my favorite player, but he needs to look no further than himself. They need their stars to be stars, and but if you look closely, he struggles when he's needed, really. Again, I love the show, guys, and I'll continue to watch the Angels. I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> So for those of you on the audio side, John has a very depressed face, hands over his face right now. Uh, as the resident Mike Trout apologist, uh, yeah, apparently, I just, I just want to talk a little bit about Trouty. Here's the reality, and and I appreciate I I appreciate what uh, Andrew was saying there, and he's right. Like there's something that we're seeing in Trout this year yes. that is very untrout like. He's having the worst slump of his career. He's never been right. below 900 OPS. No. Last week against the Astros, Cubs, and Mariners, Johnny his slash line was 114, 256, 200, and 456 OPS. Terrible. 43 plate appearances, only one homer, five RBIs, seven walks, and 14 strikeouts. But Johnny. The notion that he only beats up on bad teams and not the teams that we need to beat. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for the numbers because the numbers actually give great clarity as to what Mike Trout does against teams that are really good. Like, for example, his career versus teams over 500, 290, mm -hmm. 400, 560, 960 OPS. Mm -hmm. Against the Yankees, 309, 419, 560, 797 OPS. They're a good team. Against the Rays, 304, 427, 647, and a 1,074 OPS. 
Wait, you then, said you said seven nine seven. It's nine seven nine OPS against the Yankees. It's yes, better than that. Yes, nine seven nine. My dyslexia is kicking in here. And then Johnny, <laughs> uh, Andrew did mention the Astros, and he does struggle a bit, but the numbers are actually not as bad as one would assume. Right. Yeah. It's a, a two forty eight batting average, three seventy eight on base, five hundred one slugging, and an eight seventy nine OPS. But look, he's got seventy RBIs against the Astros, the fifth yeah. highest of all the teams he's ever faced. Uh, the most RBIs he has has come against the Astros uh, for fifth place, which is great. But let's not forget how good the Astros have been the last sure. eight years since they tanked and rebuilt, right? Uh, Mike, as far as beating the teams we need to beat, we need to beat the Mariners. Yeah. We need to beat the A's, and we need to beat the Rangers because they're all in our division, and Mike Trout does that very well. But, yes, this last month has has been a disaster for Mike Trout. Worst yeah. slump of his career and, and this last week has not been great. Um, I think one thing that we can take comfort in is that it looks like he's starting to come out of that. But right. I, I've heard this narrative of of he's only got three walk-off homers. Well, you know who has the most walk-off homers in their career? Jim Tomey, Albert Pujols, Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds. They all played for 20-some-odd years, right. and, and most of them are on steroids, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But but this this notion of three walk-off homers, let's think about that for a second. First, the team's best reliever is the closer, mm-hmm. is usually the one in the game during the ninth inning. Right. And it also has to be a, a home game for there to be a walk-off. Uh, two, you're either in a tie game in the bottom of the ninth, or you need a couple of runners in front of you or multiple runners in front of you to take the lead with a home run and have a walk-off. Third... He's hit second in 818 career games, so the leadoff guy or the seven, eight, or nine hitters have to be on base in front of him for there to be a walk-off. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have not had the best leadoff in seven, eight, nine guys over the years, as we've talked about. I think Cole Calhoun is probably our best leadoff guy that we've had in the last 10 years. Uh, now let's look at his actual career stats. Late and close opportunities, 38 home runs, 126 RBIs, 249 average, 408 on base, 468 uh, slugging, and an 875 OPS. Tie game situations, Mike. 129 home runs, 261 RBIs, a 290 average, a 397 on base, 579 slugging, and 976 OPS. And then the ninth inning alone. I understand not all of these ninth inning numbers are going to be the game-winning numbers, but I think they're important to bring up. 17 home runs, 52 RBIs. 274 average, 902 OPS, 410 on base, and a 492 slugging. So, Mike, what can we do with this info? I I, I have a, a list here, so if you would allow me to go through this list. The list. <laughs> you just number made the one, list. Number one, Trout, yes, needs to figure it out at the plate, obviously. Yep. yep. Now, the point I've been trying to make all week long, and people are saying, well, taking walks doesn't indicate that he's out of his slug. Hold on. When he takes a walk, it indicates that he's seeing the ball better. He's reading the spin of the ball. He's understanding if it's a slider. He's taking walks, and he's not striking out as much as he's been. That's progress. It doesn't change overnight. He's not going to start tearing the cover off the ball yet. But that's progress. It's gradual. That means the slump is slowly coming to an end. We've seen this many times in his career. Yes, this is the longest slump, but it's not the only slump he's ever had. Uh, number two, that the fact that the Angels are having success right now without Mike Trout's bat is a very good thing because when it comes back around, they'll be even better. Number three, 
Trout is not above criticism. And you and I have criticized him several times this season for not coming through in the moment. I understand not everybody can watch every episode of Locked on Angels, but don't come after us and say that Trout's off limits because we're talking about his numbers or defending him in some sort of way because we've been critical of him. And I understand you can't watch every single episode where we've been critical, but just know what you're talking about before you come at us. Uh, Number four, we need to stop pushing this narrative that Trout has never been clutch. He's never come through in the moment because one month of bad baseball doesn't indicate that he's never done this or he's always done this. That's just incorrect. Does it suck? 100% sucks. And I think he's coming out of it. Uh, Number five, the talking point of only three walk-off homers is kind of the worst argument you can make for somebody being clutched because number one, the percentage of probability that you actually get to that moment is less than winning the lottery. Uh, If that's your measure of clutch, then go watch a Disney movie with a happy ending because not baseball is not like that all the time. Uh, Number three, I'll take a guy who gives his team the lead constantly, or at least keeps the inning alive and moves on to the next batter who can deliver the game-winning run. I'll take that. And the stats show that he gives his team the lead constantly. He's broken tie games. He scores late in the game. Again, they might not all be the game-winning shot, but he he's putting the team back into the game. So that's my rant. I, I just I've had enough talking about Mike Trout this week. Can he just get better so we can stop talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Remember, the Angels play the Royals at 510 Pacific time tonight. You can catch every pitch of the Angels hometown broadcast with Sirius XM. On the SXM app, just search Angels. Hey, give us a follow at Locked On Angels on Twitter and at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Don't forget that uh, we're going to be recapping the entire weekend series against the Royals on Monday. Mike, uh, why don't you give us, call something for us this weekend. What what are you hoping for? Who's going to get hot this weekend? Uh, I think it's going to be a sweep this weekend. I think the Angels are going to be really fantastic, and we're going to see a big victory, and we're going to recap all of the games on Monday on Locked on Angels. Looking forward to that conversation. We hope you'll join us again on Monday. Until then, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday for more Locked On Angels.